HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. HRN is food and beverage radio supported by you. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. It's the final stretch of 2022 and HRN needs your help. Become an HRN member with a donation of any amount at heritageradionetwork.org slash donate. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The Welcome back to The Speakeasy. I'm Damon Bolte. I'm Souther Teague. And I'm Greg Benson. Guys, it is our end of year wrap-up show, our, our holiday tradition. Um, our so today, internationally famous wrap-up <laughs> holiday show. Exactly, exactly. So, I mean, what we do every year is we wrap up the, the, the year, kind of like, uh, you know, it's like to me, I can't remember if it was like Oprah or or Martha Stewart or someone like that. They said uh, there was this thing where they they had a box, and rather than making New Year's resolutions, which everyone you know historically you know kind of like fall out of uh, pretty pretty quickly after the New Year starts, oh, uh, yeah. and and then when they don't actually follow through with their New Year's resolutions, they they get really bummed out and it's pretty pretty sad and shitty and so rather than doing that they uh they suggested that you have a box full of spiders (laughs) (laughs) box full of spiders uh but it's basically like uh you know you like swarms of things don't you yeah yeah you take all your like kind of like accolades just things like movies concert tickets things like that that you you Notable things that happen during the year, like say you got an article or you released a book or whatever it might be, you got an award for your bar, you put that in there, and then at the end of the year, you open the box and you check out all the good things that happened during mm. the year, right? So, and then it, it, the idea is that it's meant to inspire you for the next year. And it's not something that you might, you know, not follow through with because you did all those things, you know, right. like, rather than a resolution. So today, you know, on this is our uh, end of year wrap up show. So let's talk about what happened this year. We're reaching, we're reaching into that metaphorical box, that yeah. box full of spiders. <laughs> and there, there are some some. You can have more life. than one box, Greg. Yeah. <laughs> Don't get them mixed up. Yeah. There were some spiders this year, though, for sure. Oh uh, yeah, and every, and every year there will be a few spiders, both literally yeah. and metaphorically. But I, I, I honestly, 
you know, it's it's kind of been cool to like look back on a year for once and be like, you know what, that that was pretty good. Like I think I think we did a pretty good job. Like let's all yeah, give yeah, ourselves yeah. a pat on the back. You know, we got our shit together. Like nothing blew up. Nothing was catastrophically bad. Um, you know, in in I'm talking in like an existential sense here. And ultimately, at the end of the day, you know, it's it's kind of a I don't know. We're at a point where I'm just glad we don't have to play that stupid game that everyone was doing this time last year. It was like, geez, 2020 or 2021, which was worse? Which, first of all, which was the year where you were wiping down your Doritos and bleach when you brought them back from the bodega? That was the worst (laughs) year. Like, it's not really a contest, but I'm glad that we're not being inundated with all of this negative messaging. And we can kind of look back and be like, you know what? This year, it wasn't all spiders. Yeah, I think last year, exactly. I think last year at this time, it was more like, the the battle cry was we're still here meaning we yeah just, we, we got we made it we we endured this year feels more like we made some progress we're 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 not still here we're here we're here here we are yeah um so i feel like uh there's a lot more positivity coming off of 2022 as we wrap it up and and put it put it to bed but uh but still we 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 had some some definite highs and some definite lows and i i'm man i'm loving this box idea i'm going to do it for for this next coming year because even as you were saying it damon i started rolling the rolodex in my own accomplishments for the last year and thinking like wow uh, a tough year but boy a lot got done yeah i think so too you know okay like one like just kind of like glaring observation that i've noticed uh just in like the bar and restaurant world is that a lot of parklets are starting to go away Oh, I'm so happy to see mine gone, by the way. Gosh, was I happy <laughs> But, but Souther, you, you loved that thing so much. You talked <laughs> all the time about how much you adored it. I loved it to death. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Literally to death. Yeah. Speaking of a box full of spiders, I mean, like, the, you know, like the parklets were like, you know, obviously a, a, a necessary thing, a necessity for like the, the businesses that were uh, lucky enough to be able to build them. First of all, because not everyone was able to. That's true. That's true. Um, so you know, it was kind of a bailout in in some ways. But you know, oh, listen. As much as I as much as I hated it, simply for the service, right? Because you have to understand, it changed my business is changed my businesses dramatically. You know, and, and the the analogy that I used in the past was, um, you know, let's let's assume I opened a bait and tackle shop. I opened a bait and tackle shop because I love fishing and I love lures and I love talking about my favorite fishing holes. Right. But then the, the, the thing had to be done where I had to suddenly operate a tire store and I don't even have a car. I don't care about tires. I got nothing to talk about here. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, I understand that it was a necessary evil in my mind, but I also understand that it saved my bacon and it saved a lot of people. So I'm grateful for them, but I am just as fucking grateful to see that thing go. Oof. Yeah. And, and they, you came know, with, I, they came with a bulldozer and a backhoe and they fucking knocked that son of a bitch down and I was so happy. <laughs> I'm imagining you just like kicking back with a lawn chair and shorts, just like sipping <laughs> sipping one of those like this is almost spicy margaritas you hate so much. Just oh, yeah. kind of like, here's to you, you son of a bitch. This, this <laughs> is almost the picture that happened, Greg. That was pretty much the <laughs> – I was out there with my camera, yeah, rolling. It was a Manhattan. It wasn't a spicy margarita. Otherwise, exactly like that. Pretty much, but you know the demeanor also is like, you know, like for instance, like we and Grand Army. Well, first of all, we we were very very lucky that uh, we're on you know, the corner of State and Hoyt, and uh, they shut State Street down for part of the the kind of Green Street 
project thing that they were doing in New York City. And so we had that one street on our corner that was always closed. And then on the weekends, they decided to close the other one down. So we had like a block party every weekend. It was, we were very fortunate is all I'm saying. But yeah, also at the same time, the general demeanor of, I mean, I feel this way too. I don't know about you guys, but I fucking hate sitting outside now. Uh, like, <laughs> I just want to be in a bar. And yeah. like, it doesn't matter if you have a parklet, uh, you, you know, like if you're keeping it going, awesome. If it works for you, great. But like, I just want to, like, I, I love being in a bar. I love sitting at the bar and I love talking with the bartenders. And that's something that we were restricted, uh, you know, stripped from us for a couple of years. And and I like seeing people's faces for better or worse, you know, uh, I like, you know, like, uh, and I don't like seeing half of a face. Um, and and uh, so it's nice to see that, you know, looking back on a year ago, uh, we were still messed up. And, you know, I, I had some, you know, like the other year end kind of wrap up things like on Spotify and Facebook and Instagram and social media stuff. It's like it's photos from this time last year and we're we're all wearing masks and we're, we're doing stuff and we're inside. But, you know, so, I mean, I think we've we've come a, a long way. I know we have. Uh, I think we're really feeling it. Um, is it. Are we back to 100 percent? Absolutely not. Oh, gosh, no. Uh, you know, so I, and I, will we ever be? I don't know. Um, but we we've come a long way, and I think Greg, I you know, I know before the show we were kind of talking about uh, a little bit about that that kind of feeling, like it's we're still kind of like on pins and needles a bit, you know, when we're when we're out and about. And uh, I think you had some things to say about that, right? Yeah, well, it's just I don't feel like it's ever, you know, truly gonna go away. And I've sort of been thinking about this since I, since I brought it up before the show and just this notion that, you know, it's, it's the same, but it's a little bit different. You know, there's still the parkades out there, although a lot of them are kind of falling into disrepair, you know, you can kind of still go into a bar, but it feels a little bit like things have changed. Like, and I, I think a large part of that is because, uh, a, a large chunk of the generation of people that were bartenders and I'm a part of this kind of took that opportunity to say, okay, you know, where else do we want to go? Just for me personally, I was feeling for a while, even before March 15th of 2020, that I was kind of like, you know, I was like, okay, I'd sort of reached the ceiling of where I wanted to be in the bar world, kind of like what's next for me. And that's enabled my, you know, the, the, that forced, time out that we had for, you know, 18 months and change was useful for me to kind of like take a step back and chart a new course for myself. But that also means that, you know, there are, uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot of new blood coming into these restaurants and there's a lot of people who are kind of, you know, bringing fresh ideas and fresh perspectives and, you know, new, just a, just an entirely new way of looking at things in there. And I think that that's, I think that that's cool. And also it's a sign that I am, you know, getting older, that and the gray hairs that I see on my head when I, when I look in the mirror every morning or just sign <laughs> that like, Oh, right. I'm not, I'm not the young, cool person who's driving these trends anymore. Now I'm kind of like looking at them and, and commenting on them. And I think get off my lawn. Basically. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're an observer and a commentator now. That's fine too. And I do agree with you, Greg, a lot of, a lot of, um, you know, youthful exuberance has been um, popping up behind bars. Uh, and I think we're going to see, you know, as they position themselves beyond just like, now I've got a job in a professional bar to now I'm maybe running that bar. We're going to see a lot of unique and innovative stuff coming down the pipe. And I think, 
Um, I think, you know, we had a couple of the, this past year, we had a couple of guests on who are from the show Drink Masters. And I think that that's going to sort of put our world on its ear a little bit too, you know? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, I'm just going to throw some some insider information out there. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like as far as this year goes, you know, we've we've come a long way. But as far as like the actual like entertainment side of the bar biz, I'm talking about drink masters here, um, which was great. We had Kate Gerwin on, we had LP on, uh, you know, we've had Julie Reiner on several times. Uh, it's a great friend and neighbor of ours. And, um, you know, Julie. Su- Suzu's already agreed to be on next year. So we'll have Suzu on. Yeah, totally. I get to hang out with him out here on the West Coast. So awesome, awesome dude. Um, you know, the the funny thing is, like, we shot a TV show about 10 years ago. I was a contestant on it. Uh, it wasn't one of those things where you, they just, they just cherry picked a bunch of bartenders from New York City, basically, 24 to be exact. And a lot of really great people who've also been on this show, but you never know that they were on this TV show because it never aired. Right. It was sponsored. It was Tim Cooper won, uh, and he won like he got paid, and he opened up uh, Sweetwater Social uh, with the money that he made from that show. And the funny thing is, it never aired because it was called The Bartender. And I think it's past the point <laughs> statute of limitations for me to talk about this. I know I, so. I probably signed an NDA back then, but um, but Julie was one of the hosts, and just just as she is on Drink Masters, and. You know, we went through this thing. There was a lot of money behind it, production. Like, it was like a, a thing, but like it never aired because it wasn't dramatic enough. It was called The Bartender, and they were trying to create drama between these bartenders. And, you know, like when the, you do the sidebar confessionals, and it's like, who do you want to knock out in this round or whatever? And we were all very, like, humbled. And, you know, like, we we're like, actually, I kind of like to knock myself out because I'm up against some steep competition. And uh, I also own a bar and I need to go back and run it. This is like, I'm <laughs> taking up a lot of my time. But it, the funny thing is, is like they couldn't get enough drama out. And the reason why, the reason why there hasn't been a show about, bartending on TV for this long is because if, if the producers are trying to create drama, we're the, like we as bartenders are the ones who are supposed to alleviate drama from people's lives. So we're not in the business of being dramatic. When you go to a show format like Drink Masters, it's actually, it becomes more about the drink as the name implies rather than the bartending side of things. Like, you know, like if you get a drink challenge and, you know, it's, you have 90 minutes to come up with something, uh, like you don't do that at a bar. You know, like during service, if you yeah, tell right. me it's going to be 90 minutes before I get my drink, I'm going to be yeah. gone in 90 seconds or faster. Yeah. You know, and I'll, I'll be, you know, over at Omori Margo where you've got a bottled cocktail that you can get to me in nine seconds. You yeah, know, exactly. so like it's, it's like a different thing. But what's really brilliant about that show is it does. I've talked to a lot of like for like this called civilians, right? People who don't work in the industry. And they're like, man, it's really fascinating. I didn't realize how much work went into making these cocktails. And it's like, yeah, well, that's why they cost what they cost. So, like, whenever you look at a menu, you don't like kind of like it's not the price, but um, but it's there's a lot of prep, there's a lot of logic, there's a lot of experience and know how. And the show really it kind of it highlights the culinary side of the drink making and creation process. You know, like so, it's I think it's really cool, and it's it's about time that there's a show about creating these drinks. And I think I think it's done really well. Oh, I think it was very. I, I think it was cool as well. They obviously used the template of like Top Chef, um, and I mm-hmm. think that was you know 
kind of a no-brainer, of course. There's lots of shows out there like that, and it seems to work, so why not? I think that it had some flaws, um, but uh, but again, a great first outing, and it did yeah. crushingly well. Apparently, it was in the top ten for Netflix for several, several weeks, so they'll yeah. obviously do a second season, and hopefully they'll smooth out some of the errors that they made, and the show will only continue to get better. I'm, I'm pretty excited about it, to be honest. I'll definitely be a, I'll definitely be a watcher, that's for sure. Yeah, but I, I, you know, the, all the contestants did really well. I think there was an awesome just showcase of talent. But I, I just I want to talk about Julie Reiner for a second mm, because sure. she absolutely it, like she's one of my favorites. She's uh, been a, a, a friend and peer in the industry. She was the only person when I was opening Grand Army. Everyone else was like, "You're opening a bar. Oh, you're gonna hate it. This is gonna be the hardest you ever worked." And blah blah blah. And like, and talked with Julie one night with. You know, we were sitting there having a drink, and she's like, so you're opening your bar, finally. And I was like, really? <laughs> and she's like, yeah. She's like, I wanted you to do that for a long time. And she's like, have you been talking to other people about this? And I'm like, yeah. And everyone says, like, you know, not very fun things about opening a bar. And she's like, yeah, they probably tell you it's, like, <laughs> the hardest thing you're going to do, and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, yeah, that's exactly what they said. And she's like, fucking do it. You know, yeah. she's been like a huge inspiration for me. Great friend, super positive, uh, just a, a wealth of knowledge. You know, we we know that she's been in the game for you know. To, she's like she is New York cocktail bar, like like royalty. You know, yeah, so for sure. I, I'm so glad that they got her to host the show. She was very well deserved. A lot of great guests uh, that she brought on with, uh, you know, her friends, uh, you know, like, like Delta Groff, you know, and like it, she's the right candidate and right person for that for that role as the host. So I'm just glad that I'm glad that it's awesome to see her uh, succeeding like that, you know. Oh, yeah, of course. And another just kind of like segueing from uh, Dream Masters, she uh, revived this year Milady's in Soho in Manhattan, and that bar. It's also like it's a very important like for anyone who's been around the bar scene or just like hung around New York City for long enough, uh, you know, that they ever got to go to Milady's. It was like one of the only bars in Soho, which is really kind of crazy to me. Uh, yeah. You know, like my one of my favorites, Finelli Cafe, just down the street. Uh, you know, it's been going forever. It's uh, the longest running bar I think in New York City, if I remember correctly, um, but or at least one of them. But Milady's was, uh, you know, it was just a neighborhood bar. Kind of divey, uh, tons of character, uh, and it it shuttered. And uh, you know, Julie Reiner, and she got in there and she revived it. And now it's uh, it's it's taken on a new persona uh, in certain ways because it wasn't a cocktail bar before, yeah, um, but bar. but now obviously it is because it's it's Julie Reiner. And so it's just cool. She kept the name, opened it back up. Great job. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, you know, I've always said going back to you opening up a bar and her telling you to go for it and everybody telling you it was going to be hard. Listen, nothing cool is easy. If right. surfing, if surfing was easy, then every poser on the planet would be out there surfing. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it's hard. Posers die first, by the way. That's right. Yeah. I, tr I tried it this it's summer. Hard. It's not easy. I did it once. I sucked at it. Maybe I'll do it again. We'll see. It's hard. Guitar playing is not easy. That's why cool people play guitars and people who aren't cool don't. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> uh, you know, like things that are are, are cool are not they're not easy. Okay, I'm going to stop you for a second, Souther, because uh, you know, this, you know, opening bars isn't easy. How many bars did you fucking open this year? Speaking of the year, wow. <laughs> uh, that doesn't make it easy just because I did a lot. <laughs> um, 
that makes me, uh, I don't know, uh, hard-headed, I guess, is what my, my grandfather would probably call me. Um, how many did we open this past year? Let's see. Uh, we opened Fred of Flower, um, uh, Rabbit. Um, we opened uh, Avant Garden LA. Um, and in this calendar year, I guess that's what we opened. However, we also moved two of our spaces to two new spaces that were larger, bigger upgrades for them. Um, so that would have been Cadence and Proletariat. Um, and uh, and we inked a deal to open a place in Boulder. So I guess six, kind of. <laughs> Goddamn. Yeah. Um, well, okay. To kind of like touch on what you said, it, it's it's also something that Julie told me and, and my business partners said before. It's like, you know, whenever they talk about opening a bar or a restaurant or any business, really, in, in anything in New York City, for sure, Um yeah, it's, it's hard work and it's a lot of work and you drive yourself crazy doing it. But the thing is, you know, a lot of people who kind of told me, uh, you know, it was going to be a hard thing to do. They, they own like three or four or five bars and restaurants or businesses. And I was like, well, then why do you keep doing it? And they're like, well, once you get into it, yeah. you get into a rhythm and you understand what to look for. And you kind of, you, you end up learning, uh, a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, a lot about a like lot of things. A lot about each, business, a lot about life, a lot about yourself. You yeah. Lot. Each <laughs> time, you know, it, 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 I wouldn't say it gets easier. You just know what to expect. Exactly. It's kind of like that thing, what they say about like New Yorkers they're being rude. It's like, no, New Yorkers aren't rude. They're just very direct. They're busy. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, one, it's kind of like that same thing with like that kind of cadence uh, of, of opening businesses and, and running them. It's like, you just kind of get into a rhythm and, you know, each time it, you just learn from your mistakes, I guess. Right. Yeah. Well, speaking of mistakes, uh, let's talk about (laughs) a a drink that's popped up on on the trendosphere. Uh, I was hoping that that was where the segue was going. (laughs) So the Negroni Spagliato with Prosecco. Um, my God. Uh, you know, so Okay, we've talked about this a little bit, you know, in real time when it when this started hitting the, uh, the internet. Um, you know, like, Negroni Spagliato is, you know, Spagliato means mistake. Um, so it's, yeah, okay, for the real listeners out there that don't know what it is, uh, which by now I can't, I wouldn't believe that anyone didn't know uh, what it is from the way it's training. But Spagliato is, it, it's Campari and Vermouth, and instead of gin... It's Prosecco. Delicious Prosecco, yes. And it was accidentally made that way in a bar long ago. And yeah, it's great. It's, like a, it's a spritz. It's a Negroni spritz, basically, uh, sorts. And we're going to get sued for using spritz. We're not talking about Aperol. Um, it's, a, it's a Milano Torino spritz. I don't know what it is. It's uh, a yeah, but, well, the thing is, it's not a Negroni because Negroni, like, you know, Count Negroni was like, screw soda water, put gin in it. So if you're taking the gin out of it, you can't kind of can't call it a Negroni. So there's a lot of mistakes going on. But then, to call out that it needs to be made with Prosecco is kind of like a, I don't know, pretty obvious to me, but, um, <laughs> but I don't know, like, uh, is this, is that the drink of 2022? Mm, I, I you need to cast a, your memory a, back a little a further than that. Yeah, I think there's a yeah, contender. Bud, Bud Light Limerita? Or, oh my, <laughs> I mean, you're waiting on my check, by the way. <laughs> it's I, in the mail. I filled out no, the you paperwork. Guys... They said it could take months. So I'm, I'm still waiting. I'm hoping to get it for Christmas. My Christmas the true moment. course of justice never did run smooth. Um, 
No, I mean, I think I think that if we're talking about the drink of the year, you have to look at late spring, early summer when the espresso martini crashed into Earth like the asteroid that killed the dinosaurs and just took over everything. Yeah. You remember that? I was I, I took a trip to Seattle in June and I went to like their big enormous roastery that they have that like provides all of the beans for like all of the Starbucks on the West Coast. And also, shockingly, you can get a good cup of coffee at this Starbucks. I was floored. But they have a bar in there. And I went there on a Monday morning at 10 a.m. And this bar was churning out flights of espresso martinis. And that's how you know a trend has truly gone mainstream, is if it's being done in bulk at Starbucks. So in that, the morning. that to me, yes, in the morning, that to me is the uh, is the drink of 2022. I can't Man. disagree with that. That drink was all over the place, just absolutely ubiquitous. Uh, although I, I honestly can't really understand how or why, um, except for maybe to think this. It's all. It's, it's, it's like it's been around for a long time. Yeah, exactly. But I think maybe the you know the original wake me up and fuck me up. Maybe that was just a collective subconscious coming out of the tail end of the pandemic yeah. and being like, wake us up and fuck us up. <laughs> you know. Like let's get the fucking party started again. So I don't I don't hate on it. It's not a drink for me. It's not a drink I can make at, at my bars, but it's uh it's out there and it's doing its thing and you know it's getting people back out to the bars. So here's to it. Well, and plus it's comfort food, you know, it's cocktail dessert. I mean, it's like it would have I'll, I'll tell you this, it would have been weird if the Negroni Spagliato had hit first and then we'd gone back yeah. to drinking espresso <laughs> martinis after that. But I think it's sort of a natural progression. And first of all, like I, I just want to take a moment to acknowledge that it's cool that like with the trends that we're talking about for 2022 are actual drink trends instead of like, oh man, I hugged another human being this week and it was insane. You know, like right. that was, that was where we were this time last year. So we've come a long way and I think we should be thankful, yeah. but you know, I think it's also, it's, it's sort of part of a natural progression where it's like, okay, we, we got back into the bars and then we wanted something that was like, familiar and fun and that honestly probably a lot of us got when we were 21 at bars because we thought it sounded sophisticated um and because it also you know tastes like a, a melted frappuccino sometimes and then we moved on to some more kind of complex stuff like uh, a, a drink that has Campari and vermouth and has a name that you would never know how to pronounce if you only saw it written out and didn't hear it uh, said out loud. Um, I, lo I loved I all the memes. I loved all the memes. They came, the SpaghettiOs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to try this new trend. I'm putting SpaghettiOs in my Campari. Uh, With Prosecco, no. Southern. Don't forget yeah. the Prosecco. Never forget Dude, you know, I, you know I, I haven't had an espresso martini in probably 20 years. Um, but I, I do like the idea, like just thinking about it really fundamentally, it's like we're talking about coffee and we're talking about bitters, you know, so like that's mm -hmm. pretty cool. You know, it's not like it's, you know, cotton candy vodka or some shit like oh, that, yeah. you know, I, I agree. It's, it's it's a noteworthy, but also because I, I don't drink coffee, I don't do caffeine at all. It's been about seven or eight years now, but the, I do know that there are some really excellent like coffee liqueurs out there. Right. So like it, it makes sense that it, to revisit something like a coffee, like an espresso martini with the, the modern coffee liqueurs and, and spirits and, and tinctures and bitters and things like that. It makes sense. I mean, in like taking that kind of cheesy drink, you know, that was like kind of born out of the nineties, you know, martini bars, 
or you know didn't they didn't even serve martinis but everything was a martini you know but mm -hmm. the, the just like kind of like updating it with these like new products that are actually good you know like i i'm for it man like if i if i did caffeine i would really be for it but i i, I don't know i kind of appreciate it. it it's it's a little overwhelming to see uh espresso martinis like just on like every menu out of nowhere but i don't know man i'm, I'm for it i again I, I don't really hold a grudge against it uh it's not a drink again for me or for my particular businesses but if it's getting people out there and it's getting people to drink stuff uh and you know i've always used coffee as a as a i don't want to say crutch but as a as a tool to when people come into a more and they say oh i don't think i like bitter my first question is do you drink coffee and they say yes and i go then you like bitter yeah, exactly. You know, so, so I think it's pretty cool. Pretty cool that that's like coffee and bitters, you know, like that's, yeah. Good job, 2022. <laughs> Good <laughs> job. We did it. Pull that out. Of the box of <laughs> uh, anyway, we should probably take a quick break and hear from some sponsors. We're going to come back and keep wrapping up 2022 as we move into 2023. That just sounds weird on the tongue. So All right, we'll weird. be right back. <laughs> It's the final stretch of 2022 and HRN needs your help. Our goal for the winter membership drive is to raise $30,000. Become an HRN member with a donation of any amount at heritageradionetwork.org donate. Through creative educational reporting, storytelling and live events, HRN delivers thought-provoking exchanges about the real issues affecting our global food system. Your donation also supports our internship program, an essential part of HRN's work that educates the next generation of journalists. Donate at the $90 level before December 31st, and you'll receive a limited-release HRN t-shirt designed exclusively for HRN members by artist Chema Scandal. When you become an HRN member at any level, you'll be the first to know about special events, and get news updates created only for Food Radio Insiders. Help us meet our end-of-year fundraising goal with your tax-deductible donation. Go to heritageradionetwork.org donate and become a member today. And we are back. You are listening to the Speakeasy on Heritage Radio Network, and not just any speakeasy. This is our internationally acclaimed, <laughs> multi-award winning, sells out every year holiday wrap-up show where we yeah. talk about kind of like some of the, the trends and just the impressions that the year that we're about to leave behind has left on us. And before the break, I was talking a little bit about how it's been um, inspiring and, and a touch weird just for me to see uh, a new generation of bartenders come up who had this big pause in between where we were and where they were and the passing of the torch there. And they're bringing in a lot of ideas that aren't colored by, oh, that's the way we always did it, which I think is awesome. Um, and I, I fully support them in that. And I wanted to ask you two, uh, Southern and Damon, um, how that has been for you two running your spots. Because one other buzzword that I think is going to really be associated with 2022 in the future is the great resignation. 
and you know, folks really uh, standing up for themselves and demanding things like, you know, a, a living wage and like good working conditions. And, you know, just just the respect that I feel a lot of uh, crappier places in our industry consistently deny people, especially people who are less senior on the totem pole. So I wanted to ask you two what your impressions were of that and sort of how it, it, you think that's going to affect our industry in the future going forward. Well, uh, Greg, I would tell you right away that people are definitely more demanding of what they deserve, and I believe they deserve it. So I'm I'm happy to give a, as much as I can give at my various locations, um, and you know we're striving to get to a place where we can do even more. Still, you know we've had guests on the show this year, for instance, Kate uh, Gerwin was on down in Albuquerque at, at Happy Accidents, and she provides all of her employees with uh, a living wage as well as um, uh, insurance. Uh, uh, so does Laura Newman down at uh, um, in Alabama at uh, her two Queens bars, uh, uh, Queens Park and Neon Moon. Um, and, you know, I think these are, they're standing up and being like leaders in that, in that arena. And, and we're all looking towards them to, to do better and be better. And I think, um, uh, again, in, in tandem with that, we have this, this group of younger, motivated folks who are coming on board and they have more assets and more access to information. Uh, so they have an, uh, an ability to kind of really leapfrog us forward, I think. So, like, obviously, everything that happened in the past year and two years with the pandemic, et cetera, was, was horrible and tragic and, and difficult. But it's, it's sort of cleaned the slate in a lot of ways. You know, we've got a fresh board to write on, and, and here we go, right? Uh, yeah. How do you feel about that, Damon? I, I totally. I mean, there's a, there are a lot of new faces out there, you know? And yeah, so it's many. cool because now they're getting, like... I think it's cool because, like, you know, we're we're old fucks who've been around yeah. the business for a long time. <laughs> Agreed. But like, but I like, and I'm, this is not meant to be like a humble brag or whatever. But like, dude, why why are magazines and and authors like why are they hitting me up about recipes and about my ethos? When like, sure, I've, I've been in the business for a long time, but it's like, give someone give, give the new people like some some game time, you know, like some right. Yeah, exactly. So, like, I, I think it's really exciting. Um, and, you know, as you mentioned, there's, like, so much more information out there. I, I touch back on Drink Masters. I think that – I think we're in a gap right now. There's, like, a kind of a, a – if you're a hiring manager, uh, it's it's hard to staff up right now because a lot of people have, like, kind of, like, moved on, moved in or out of the, you know, the, the business. But – with these these new books like like the Oxford Companion and and like wow. the shows like Drink Master, it's like you know like this is inspiring new generations and maybe not just new generations, but it's like kind of reinvigorating people who've been in the business for a long time that want to get into like the cocktail side, you know. So it's 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 all positive forward movement, um, but we are seeing a little bit of a, a a slump in staffing right now. But it's not just that you know the business owners like you mentioned like. You got to, man, you got to take care of your people and, and like, it's not going to happen overnight, but we're seeing a lot of forward movement on that as well. And, you know, like for, for us at Grand Army, it's like, we, we give like a lot of, like we just, it, what it comes down to is like ownership and autonomy, right? Yep. So like, if you don't have someone breathing down your neck and like kind of telling you how to do this or that, like you got old ass me telling you how to make a daiquiri, like, fuck that. I'm not going to do that. Make the daiquiri however you want. Like whatever you think is the best, we're gonna taste it, and we will like go, and staff meetings will like, you know, every once in a while. I think this is something that Phil Ward told me, 
you know, 12 years ago when he was on the show for the first time, it, he was like, you know, you got to constantly check your classic specs. And, you know, it's good to do that with a, like the committee together. And like, when's the last time you made a Sazerac? When's the last time you made a Sazerac and tried it yourself? You know, it's like, you know, your palate changes, ingredients change, techniques change. So you got to constantly be doing that, but you have to like really nurture those, re that, that, that working relationship with your staff and with your coworkers and like, you know, but I think ultimately it's kind of like, think about it this way. So if you're a tattoo artist or uh, a barber, you know, you work in a place where it's like, you, you don't own the salon or the tattoo parlor, right? But you have a booth and you pay a booth rental essentially, right? But other than like the fact that you're paying somewhere, you're, you have full autonomy there. That's like, yeah. it's, you're making your own artwork, uh, you're, you're doing you know, your, your own hours. And basically I've always felt that way about being a bartender. It's like, okay, well, you know what? I'm using your booze and your space to make money for me. And while I'm here, this is my bar. So yeah. like, I, I you, agree. I agree to a certain point, obviously, you know, you gotta still stay within the parameters of the place itself and the sure. vision of the place itself, but, but I get what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think, and the other thing that I think is cool is that, you know, we're, we're opening the door for those new ideas to come in, you know? And I mean, the, the thing about, um, you know, today's innovation is that they become tomorrow's standard practice. Yeah. Right? right. And like, you know, this is, this is what I think is cool. I mean, you know, I'm a big, big Elizabeth Warren fan. I'm a huge Lizzie boy over here. And so I like that. Not only are we <laughs> getting people who, are like doing these cool innovative things and like changing the game and rethinking not just how we do, you know, uh, uh, Negroni Spagliatos with Prosecco, but how we do something as basic as like a Sazerac or a daiquiri is really cool. But I also think it's really cool. Like or, we have people, or, or a Sazeracery. Ooh, <laughs> all right. That one's free to all of our listeners. Yeah. So the new That's generation it. out there, go crazy. Actually, guess that number one, Brian Miller and I came up with the Sazeracery one night when we're at one of your least places uh, at uh, Lonnie Kai when we were doing a Tiki Monday with Brian Miller. And, and I was like, why, why can't you make a, a Sazerac and a daiquiri, like have a baby anyway. So, but you know, that's, that's the innovation that becomes tomorrow's practice, right? Like you're saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I, and I also think it's cool that we have people like Kate Gerwin, like, you know, Laura and mud who are doing these things where we're like, yeah, this is going to be, you know, we're going to provide this level of, you know, respect and uh, lifestyle for our, for our people. And then that's going to become, you know, tomorrow's standard practice. And I think, I think that's awesome. And I, I was gonna, I was gonna um, transition to uh, speaking of bad labor conditions, beer at the world cup, but before we, <laughs> go there damon it sounds to me like you came up with a recipe for a sazeracery and you're holding out on us oh no i got it yeah i mean like oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah it's a good one too um it, it's 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 complicated um but uh yeah i'll find that recipe and I'll, we can post that but brian miller and i came up with the one night where we, we spent a lot of time on it too uh oh, yeah, trust yeah. me uh, <laughs> but it makes sense yeah. because I mean, it, it's, you know, Peychaud's works with, you know, Peychaud's and Absinthe both work with, with rum and, and, uh, and Peychaud's in particular actually works really well with lime, but so does Absinthe. So it, like, it kind of became a hybrid. I can't remember if we put rye in that or if it was, oh no, we went, we went classic Sazerac. So it actually cognac, cognac and rum, brandy and rum are history's best friends. So, you know, like it worked out. So I'll, I'll dig that up, but I do want to talk about the World Cup. Um, yeah. 
uh, the World Empty Cup. Well, yeah, what a World Empty Cup. Nice. <laughs> what a fiasco that was for like oof, for everybody involved. We're, we're we're in it right now. Like so it's like World Cup time. I think it's a really amazing thing. Like you know, like it. it I never like I, you know. I I grew up in a, a soccerless. Uh, uh, environment basically in Southwest Oklahoma. I never got to play soccer. I mean, I'd probably kick the ball around a little bit, but you know, we had we had uh, baseball, basketball, and football and track. That was it. But I, it, like, I, it's something that as I got older and started like moving on to the world, it's like I was like, oh man, this is pretty cool. It's a it's a really unifying thing worldwide, right? It's like, and I know Southern, you're not like a huge sports fan. I can't say I'm that, not, I really but I am. understand the. I, I definitely understand the impact that the World Cup has on, yeah. on well the world. It's it's very impactful and like, but you know I, I can tell you this I've been to Yankees games and I, I, I used to have season tickets for the Nets. You go to a game, what do you do? you drink beer? You know, yeah. so like mm-hmm. I think that's universally true. Whatever game it is, there's beer. <laughs> Whatever game, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I mean, I'm, I'm a highlight. Huge baseball fan. You go to the highlight match. Yeah. Pass me a beer. I guess tennis is different. You need a Pimps Cup. But other than that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's how, as as a baseball fan, you know, I acknowledge that the sport that I love to other people uh, might not be the most interesting thing in the world. And that's okay. But the way I sell, you know, I was like, hey, come to a game with me. Don't think of it as a sports game. Think of it as a huge outdoor bar with expensive but decent <laughs> drinks that occasionally has something interesting happening in the middle of it. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think yeah. that, let's get back to the World Cup though. I think the issue for me is the the sort of underhanded dealing, you know, if Budweiser is going to be the sponsor and they uh, say, "Yeah, that's cool, come on down." Uh and then at the last minute revoke it. But you know, I don't know if you read the articles, but Budweiser had allocated so much beer from uh specifically the UK to bring to the World Cup that they were they, they, they were selling out. They were out of beer in a lot of places that they normally sell just so they could supply World Cup. And, and then they had it yanked. And, and also just it was already in transit. Like all of the mechanics were in motion and to have it pulled, it just seems, uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Honestly, the, the true motivation it seems pretty underhanded and dirty. How are you going to be a soccer hooligan if you're not wasted, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> also, sounds to me like Southern's still a little bitter because he hasn't gotten his check yet. Yeah, come on, Budweiser, get your shit together. Yeah, Anheuser-Busch. Actually, you know, speaking of beer in this, yeah, (laughs) speaking of beer that doesn't have alcohol in it, um, (laughs) like the Bud Light Limerita. (laughs) So the fiasco was like, someone said there's a class action lawsuit against Budweiser with the Limerita. If if the listeners didn't hear this episode that we talked about it, Um, but uh, it. Is that it didn't have tequila? Is that if I remember, remember basically the, the 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 lawsuits stipulated that people felt enough people and I believe me, I think this is all a crock of shit. But enough people felt that they were duped into thinking that it had tequila in it because it was called a Bud Light Limerita, uh That they they demanded some uh, reparations or what have you, and and uh, uh, there's a class action suit, and uh, if even if you didn't have a receipt for having purchased it, you could get uh, a nine dollars in change or something. Uh, but if you had a receipt, you could get up to twenty something dollars. And uh, you know, I definitely had that stuff in the past, so I, I sent off for my check, and I'm still waiting. But they said it would be just months. Only, said, only to frame it, though, right? I just want to have a check from Anheuser Busch on my wall. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I 
I've, I've, it's a buyback. It's if they're if they're buying me back a beer, it's not like I haven't drank enough of their products throughout my life. Believe me. Uh, uh, mobile deposit, man. You can have, but you can have the money in your bank account <laughs> and on your wall at the same time. Yeah, right. But yeah, I mean, I think you know we'd be we'd be remiss if we're talking about. Um, uh, hey, where'd the booze go? Uh, and trends of 2022, if we didn't touch on the fact that we're seeing a lot of NA drinks in the space, particularly Just, like some NA everywhere. So and absolutely. Including mountain. the first, uh, yeah, the first um, combination of two trends that I feel like have been on a collision course for a long time. In fact, we had her on uh, our show, um, uh, Claire Matern, who is launching Joni, which is a NA RTD company, right. um, which is super cool and and really tasty and you know it's just it's it's a sign of the times that that's a thing that has gone mainstream enough that it's you know one recognizable by the general public and two pretty good like the standards of performance in that space are pretty high at this point i think that's great i think when you when you have a market that's driven to desire something you have a ton of creators rush to fill the gap and what happens i think in that rush is you get a lot of you know, pretty crappy stuff to fill the market. The market then reacts to that by purchasing it, trying it and saying, you know, this sucks or this is good. And so the shake happens and then the ones that suck fall away and the ones that are good remain. Uh, and then, and then continue to get better practices, get better and things get better. So that's the stage we're in right now with NA spirits, NA RTDs, NA, uh, everything. It's, 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 it's incredible how flooded the market is right now. You know, there's actually like I, what I've learned this year. Um, I mean, we've had a lot of guests on the show this and last year uh, from the non-alcoholic realm, right? Yep. Um, we've we had Athletic Brewing on twice. Their beer is awesome. There's also mm-hmm. uh, someone I'd like to get on the show soon. Uh, it's called Best Day Brewing. They make a non-alcoholic Kolsch that, like, I had one last night. I've been I've been dabbling in the NA chem space personally. Uh, just you know, kind of slowing down. Um, and that, that coach is awesome. You would never know that it was non-alcoholic. So like the standard, as you said, is like, it's become higher. Right. And so it's really, really cool. And it's been, it's been fun for me to just like, kind of see that happening and the quality going up. But you know, there's something that I, I feel like this bar, it was up in Harlem. I want to say it was Harlem. Uh, there was a non-alcoholic cocktail bar, Speakeasy Jazz Club, that was opened by a church. There was mm-hmm. a, some articles about it in the Times and I think in uh, New York Magazine. And it was it was all, there was no alcohol. And it was like full-on jazz club, speakeasy, you know, live music kind of thing. And like, it was ahead of its time. You know, this, this was about, I would say, almost 10 years ago when they opened. And I, I don't know if they're still there. I haven't heard anything about it for a while, but... It'd be kind of cool uh, in 2023 to see some places open up that, you know, we're, we all well, have Speaking of, drinks. Damon, there's one in the East Village. It's called, yeah. uh, I, I don't know how to pronounce it, Hecate. Uh, and it's um, it's on um, Avenue B between 10 and 11, I believe. Um, right kind of across the street from, from um, uh, Maiden Lane. I don't know if you remember that place. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but uh, yeah, it's the woman who opened the bar Lucky. Lucky's, Lucky, I can't remember. Uh, just a little dive bar, dive bar that's awesome. Love it. She opened the spot directly across the street from herself, and it is a she calls it Hecate Cafe and Elixir Lounge, and it is all NA. But it's when you go in there, you feel like you are at a bar, and they're making unique, that's great. They're making unique and interesting drinks. They have plenty of unique and interesting RTDs. They have 
the entire back bar is stocked with all of these, uh, as I said, flood. There's a flood of NA quote-unquote spirits out there. Um, so, I mean, it's a thing that we can poo-poo it or, you know, shy away from it, or we can embrace it and move along with it, you know? No, I think we, I think we should embrace it. I think like, that's what I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm predicting my, my 2023 kind of trend because I don't want it to be like ball, a fad, you magic eight but, ball out <laughs> <laughs> on our award-winning, like multi-platinum, you know, they, when they send like the uh, NASA missions out to outer space and they have like the recordings of like a baby laughing and, you know, the, I had a dream speech uh, right in between <laughs> those two sound bites is, is this episode yeah. uh, you know for all all of uh, the universe to understand what what humanity and what the earth experience is it's this show with martin luther king and maybe <laughs> laughing um but uh <laughs> but i do i do i have a dream that this year will provide us with some more non-alcoholic uh cocktail bars and programs like i said we we all have non-alcoholic drinks on our menus but uh i, th I think it's, it's like just creating that space um for people who don't necessarily want to imbibe uh, you know listen if you want to throw a prediction out there i've got one and, and he was on the show as well austin henley dear friend to the show dear friend to me mm -hmm. former employee of Mario margo now the head bartender at cato out in la they got a michelin star uh, and he is running their bar program there, and he himself doesn't drink. Uh, um, you know, tastes of course to make sure the quality is there. But um, they only do a tasting menu for their Michelin starred situation, and they offer a flight of wine. They offer or a flight of cocktails to go along with, or a flight of non-alcoholics. And the stuff he's doing is so razor sharp. I truly believe that uh, that he's going to at least get the nomination, if not the win, for best restaurant. A bar for wow. the cocktail. That's my prediction. Nice. That's my shoe in. That's my lock of the week, guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty big shoe. Um, yeah. I, I like, and, and I, and and I say that because you know I was out there and I got to see it myself, and it's pretty incredible stuff. And I, I would also put this on there, which is like, sure, they have it, they offer it. That's great. That's real nice. Um, but he says they sell sometimes, you know, uh, they do about 80 covers a night in a fancy place like this, um, or 80, sorry, 80 reservations a night. Uh, and he said, uh, yeah, I'll sell, I'll sell 30, 30 of the non-alcoholic pairing flights wow. with the tasting menu of, you know, I think it's 10, uh, 10 courses. So it's, and it's intricate and it's beautiful and it's well-presented. And I mean, it's, it, it's the consumer is demanding it. We cannot deny the consumer. Right. Yeah. So yeah. very cool. I, I, I love it. And I'm, I'm going to shy away from making um, any predictions for 2023. I'm, I, you know what, after seven years straight of saying it's going to be the year of Kashasa, I'm, I've decided to finally <laughs> give up the dream. Kashasa, um, rum and uh, uh, sherry. They're always, sherry, up, they're yeah, always exactly. up there and they never quite come through. <laughs> yep. <laughs> The, the the what's her name the the woman who like always got nominated for an Academy Award but never Susan Lucci made it. yeah Susan Lucci thank you yeah I was like Judith Light no but anyway I, I'm not gonna make predictions for 2023 because I think that it's it's important for us to take this opportunity to actually kind of like you know pat ourselves on the back just a little bit for the fact that you know we had uh, a, a good year we made some decent choices and we're at a place where we can, you know, contemplate forward momentum again, instead of, mm -hmm. instead of survival. So, uh, right. this is my, this is my humble plea to keep those, you know, good riddance this year sucked memes off of Instagram and just yeah. kind of like take a moment to be like, you know what, 
it was not so bad. We did a good job. Yeah. Yeah. Kudos Congratulations to us. us. Kudos to us <laughs> as a whole, as a group, as a as a species. You know, not not, not so bad. Yeah. And and on that hopeful adjacent yeah. note, yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, I think this is it for us for for twenty twenty two, guys. Yep. Yeah, yeah, so this wraps up episode 496, Bellows. Uh, the show started uh, on January 12th, 2011, meaning we're coming into our 12th year and our 500th episode is coming up fast. So very excited to see what Speakeasy does uh, next year, 2023, uh, and uh, very happy to be with you guys to do it. So thanks for thanks for, Likewise. Thanks for always having, Likewise, me, having, me, having me around. And thanks to you all out there listening too. We really, we really appreciate it, and we love hearing from you, and we love getting to to do this show because we know that you know there there's we well we we hope we don't know for a fact, but we hope there are people out there who get you know uh, some interesting uh, tidbits or knowledge or just like a, a a good a good cheap laugh out of this show every now and again. And I just wanted to say thanks, thank you for listening. We we really we really appreciate it. We couldn't do it without you. Right on, yeah. I like it's it's always fun for me to get to meet the listeners of the show. Uh, just, you know, I, you know, Souther, when you first came on as a co-host, uh, you used to say that for the four people out there listening. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but there are more than four. I can tell you that from personal experience. So, yeah, I want to say thank you as well to all of our listeners, great people of the the bar and uh, cocktail enthusiast community. And, yeah, you know. And I, you know, we'd be remiss to not uh, thank Heritage Radio Network for having oh, us on. Absolutely. Great, greatest radio station on planet Earth and beyond. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's it for the Speakeasy this week and this year. Yeah. Uh, so happy holidays to everyone and uh, have a safe and happy new year. Until next year. Cheers, everyone. Cheers, everybody. Cheers. Thanks so much. So you don't shun the devil with your The Speakeasy is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network. Food and drink radio supported by you. Keep in touch at heritageradionetwork.org slash subscribe. <laughs>